0: All right, welcome back to the latest and the greatest of the Blue Brothers Sportscast. I'm Caleb, and with me as always is Brandon. And we are here probably with what's going to be a little bit shorter of an episode this week as Michigan is going into the bye week. Of course, we will talk about the Nebraska game here shortly, um, but the Lions are still playing this weekend. And so before we talk about the upcoming game, we get to talk about the travesty that was this past weekend
1: (laughs) oh man yeah they almost got their first win
0: and of course lost in gut-wrenching fashion
1: oh yeah for sure yeah so the the lions drove down the field scored a touchdown went for two took the lead by one and then um at this point, it was 17 to 16. And I texted you right after the first down play that Kirk Cousins threw like a 25 yard pass. I was like, I bet you the final score is going to be 19 to 17. And it was like four <sighs> plays later. <laughs> yep. They kicked the field goal and boom, end of game.
0: Of course. Oh,
1: gosh. So the Lions become the first team in NFL history to lose two games in a season with game winning field goals of 50 yards or more.
0: Yay. Hey, there's a whole rest of the season to go too.
1: Yeah. They could get three, (sighs) but yeah, not a, not a very good game for the lions, especially man. This entire game was just
0: boring. Oh yeah. It wasn't a good game for the Lions or for Minnesota.
1: Um, Jared Goff played terribly. He, he went 21 for 35 for 203 yards and an in interception. Uh, a lot of incomplete passes, a lot of turnovers. <clears throat> uh, Jamal Williams, he had 13 carries for 57 yards. And then uh, DeAndre Swift had a rushing touchdown. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown had seven receptions for six, 65 yards. Uh, And then on the defensive side of the ball, Trey Flowers had a sack. Charles Harris again had a sack. He's quietly putting together a pretty good season, Charles Harris. Uh, He's Mm -hmm. a former first-round pick. Uh, Lions, I can't remember if they signed him or to trade. I'm pretty sure they just, like, read and signed right next to nothing. And he's been pretty productive, I was surprised. And then... Anzalone had an interception Uh, so (laughs) this week was different than most weeks because the defense played pretty well Um, you know they gave up a fair amount of yards especially to Justin Jefferson Mm -hmm. and uh, Anthony Madison they both had over 100 yards uh, receiving for Jefferson and rushing for Madison but you know kept the game within reach And it's just the offense that pooped the bed this week. Uh, And on top of all that, um, we got news this week that Frank Ragnow is out for the season. That sucks. (laughs) He is probably our best player at any position on the entire team. And then Quintus Cephas broke his collarbone. So, hooray! It was like our only receiver worth of crap
0: it's the this season is just like a total wash
1: yeah i mean with those injuries i i honestly wouldn't be surprised if they didn't win a game this year
0: yeah but they keep I,
1: it pretty close every game so i i think they'll probably win at least one or two but if they ended up going zero and 17 i wouldn't be shocked
0: hey and then they could make nfl history by being the first team to go and 17
1: the Lions would be the team that would do that. And then the Browns would do it a few years later.
0: And the only one that might contend them this year is the Jaguars.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. With good old herbs.
0: <laughs> herbs. So, yeah, I, um, I think everybody's predictions are completely out the window because, you know, each week it seems like at least one player drops off. So,
2: Hmm.
0: But
1: man, I don't know. Every time it comes to like the NFC North games, it's almost like I have no interest. And it's funny because yeah, it's not like the teams are exactly the same every single year. I guess it's just I get tired of watching the Lions play the Bears, Vikings, and Packers. Uh, the Bears and Vikings games are usually very boring, and then the Packers ones are usually frustrating
2: hmm
1: Because like the Lions will most of the time play pretty well. But then it's like, you know, the Packers are one of the NFL's favorite teams. And it's always obvious.
2: <laughs> oh. It seems
1: like they, they get the the calls and then like the commentary and announce teams just swoon over everything the Packers do. So
0: Aaron Rodgers.
1: Yeah, Aaron Rodgers is Jesus two point oh and and before that it was a like prep Favre was a god among men everything he did was amazing yeah
0: well the lions help uh anybody look good and they <laughs> yes, make the good true. they make the good ones look even better so
1: mhm uh i guess you want to get into the preview for the lions
0: uh yeah, may as well jump into it since, uh, you know, that's the game that's going to be playing this weekend. And then we'll kind of just do a little talk about the Marassa game. We got a couple of voicemails for uh, Michigan football. So, yeah, let's talk about uh, the Lions' next exciting matchup. Oh, yeah. Against the Bengalis.
1: <laughs> the Bungles. Bungalows. The, the Bungles. Uh, they play the Cincinnati Bengals at 1 o'clock on Fox. Um, the Bengals are a much improved team. I believe they're three and one right now. Is that right? Is that something I saw? Three and uh, one, three and two? I don't remember. Um uh, they got some pretty good young players. Uh I mean, obviously they got Joe Burrow. Um They're three and two. Sorry. They're three and two. Okay, yeah. Number one overall pick last year. Um, he had a pretty good rookie season until he blew his knee out because their offensive line is so horrible. Um, This year they took his college teammate, Jamar Chase, who he's off to like an amazing season. And it's incredibly frustrating because that is who the, I wanted the lions to take in the first round.
0: Why? And he got
1: picked probably like, what was it like two picks before the lions could get him? Like, he's he's blowing up this year.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I saw that... I saw some graphic where it's, like, he has got more receiving yards at this point in his career than Randy Moss did. And, like, Randy Moss had, like, a record-breaking rookie season. Jeez. I think he had, like, 20 receiving touchdowns his rookie year. But, um... Yeah, Jamar Chase will be one to watch. I'm sure he's going to blow up against the Lions because the secondary is so horrible on the Lions. Yeah. Because I think Amani Orowarie is like the number one corner right now for the Lions, and he's a, a CB2 at best. I mean, he, he shows flashes of decent plays, but he's, he's still pretty raw. Uh, you know, on the offensive side of the ball, so they got Joe Mixon. And they kinda of got like a a two-headed rushing attack. They got Mixon and Samaja Pirine. Um and yeah, I mean Mixon's more of like the speed guy, he can catch the ball, and then P. Ryan's kinda of like the the power dude. That that dude's a monster. I remember in the in the combine he put up like thirty reps or something like that on the bench. <sighs> But he he's not he's not gonna beat anybody like in a race, but he's gonna plow some people over. Um, and last week the Bengals had a pretty good game against the Packers, and they they lost in overtime. <laughs> so it'll be pretty interesting to see. I, I'm not really I'm not expecting the Lions to win. <laughs> Let's Is, uh, just say that.
0: Didn't Burrow have something go on at the end of the game? Is he expected to play? Against Detroit,
1: um, I think so. I haven't seen anything.
0: I can't remember what it was. I don't know if it was anything major.
1: I don't know. You know, it's crazy. I heard people already saying that um, a had a throat contusion.
0: Oh yeah, just see that here.
1: Yeah, um, people are wanting. The Lions have played David Blau at quarterback. Like, what are you I'm like, I don't think Goff's the greatest quarterback either, but
0: he's not the he's not really the, the problem.
1: Yeah, and it's like and Blau's not the answer. It's just my dad always told me as a kid, like the two most popular players in Michigan pro sports are the backup quarterback for the Lions the backup goalie for the red wings <laughs> fans always love them and hate the starters
0: <laughs> that seems accurate oh yeah yeah from what i'm seeing they're expecting that burrow will play they may have to adjust their saying for a uh a silent count
1: okay if yeah his... I saw that they need voice rest
0: yeah which I guess you never really think about that too much because throat injuries are not exactly all that common. So,
1: let's say, come on, Frank Ragnow played with a torn throat or whatever it was, ruptured esophagus or something like that all last year. Yeah. What a was? Come on. I didn't like any of that.
0: Oh, man. Uh, well, any other specifics to share uh, now or – save until uh, score predictions the done.
1: I think i to save for score predictions. Not really much else to say. I mean, the Bengals have some okay players on defense, but nothing to really talk too much about.
0: To boast about. Yeah, well, it's, <laughs> I feel like it's getting harder and harder each week to talk about the Lions because it's just like bad, um, more bad news after more bad news. <laughs>
1: yep i don't know i wasn't expecting much out of the season so i don't really have like any feelings either way it's like yeah it'd be nice if they won a game but at the same time if they keep losing they'll probably end up getting a number one pick
0: yeah i'm okay with that i mean like the the injuries definitely suck i mean i I don't want any of the guys get injured yeah but them aside from the injury them not playing is kind of like you know, it is what it is, and as you said, it could just help them get the number in draft pick. So, mm-hmm. but, All right, Michigan football? Yep. Michigan football. All right, we'll go ahead and jump right into our voicemails and launch off from there. So here's our first one this week. Fellas, what's up?
2: It's Stephen Brown. I'm at a logical three, I think. Um, So I'm going to get right to it, man. Great game, great win. Listen, Steve Crane Mike Hart, and Mike McDonald were the three best hires, you know, I mean, probably in college football. Like those guys, man, this team looks different. I I wasn't watching them, I was at work, but I was keeping up with it. When Nebraska played Thunderstorm, Michigan was down, I think, at that time. Yeah, they were down by three. These boys don't flinch, Now, Like I know, Kay, After the game, was talking about how the team and uh, would have lost in previous years. They're trying their hardest not to not to diss the last coaching staff, but you notice what they're talking about. Like these boys are different. I don't understand why a lot of Michigan fans are scared or tweeting every week. That they're afraid or they're mm-hmm. nervous. This team is different, man. They 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 want it now. I'm 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 starting to become. More impressed by the play calling. Once again, I'm not sure if it's all Gattis, which I doubt. But it's timely. And Cade needs to make better play. Like that—that—that that, that handoff would have been touchdown. You know, you, you got to stand on your feet, man. Like gravity ain't—gravity ain't that powerful. It, it, it does what it's supposed to do. But the play calling has been good, man. Like you know, the in and out with JJ and Cade. I I'm still not feeling that. But this team is different. They're resilient. I love this team. I'm thankful that. I'm thankful, man. They got rid of some of those other trash coaches. I just I am like, this team is different, y'all. Am I saying they're gonna go undefeated or win the national championship? Or even win the conference? No. I I do believe that they'll go into Penn State undefeated and they'll leave Penn State undefeated. Penn State is not that good, y'all. Um, Michigan State. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not worried about Michigan State. Unlike a lot of Michigan fans, call me nuts or overly confident. I'm just not worried about them. Um. Uh, I don't know, man. This, I mean, I, I, I'm i hesitant to say Michigan is back, but those three hires in the offseason, those three alone, and, mo- and moving Jay Harbaugh out of Brandon, you know I had to do it, moving him away from the running back somewhere, like put him on an island somewhere where he can't really affect man. But it, the tight ends even look, look good, so and I, I guess I give Jay Harbaugh credit for that. I guess. Anyway, man, this, this team's different, man. You know, I'm, I'm excited to see what they do. Uh, I want you all thoughts on it, and and, and some of y'all preseason predictions are pretty garbage, man, but it's all good. I'm pretty sure y'all know it. Love the show. Keep doing what y'all are doing. Always go blue.
0: All right. Thanks for the call, Steven. Uh, before we get to the next voicemail, just because I don't want to cover too much because I, I want to see if some stuff comes up in the next voicemail. For, kind of the only thing I want to say is, like, Hey, I know we were totally wrong on the preseason predictions and everything, but even you saying uh, like what you said in your voicemail kind of backs up what our predictions were because nobody knew how good the hiring of McDonald and Hart was going to be. Like I, uh, we knew hiring Mark, uh, hiring Hart was good, but the turn, the single season turnaround that it was going to be. Nobody could have predicted that. Nobody could have known that. So, our predictions based off of what we saw last year, I don't think is too crazy. Are we like we've said, we're fine with being wrong, but honestly, we were not exactly. I don't think, I mean, outside of people blindly just wishing and hoping the best for Michigan and not basing it off of like, what they've seen and what's happened. Uh, I don't know that anybody would have gone in with huge high expectations. Uh, Not saying that anything's wrong with expecting great things, but I mean, it's the track record and Mm we talked about track record. I mean, that's the same thing with, uh, with bringing up Jay Harbaugh. It's just like, well, what, like you dog Jay Harbaugh all the time. And then if he comes back and everything proves you wrong and, you know, you even said good things about Jay Harbaugh. I think this needs to be written down on the record. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I, I I get it. I know we were wrong and I'm fine with being wrong, but going in and, and that's the thing we always say too, is like going into the season it, the first episode, two episodes are the most difficult to really gauge things because... So little information to base it off of because you're basing off of last year, especially last year was such a
1: weird year too, you know, with the COVID shortened season and all that.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. And then it was Milton and then it was McNamara and then it was just like losing horror. I mean, losing the state game, losing to uh winless Penn state, giving Penn state their first win. It was just hot garbage. So there was nothing there. That was showing us that there should have been this big of a um, increase or change between one year to the next.
1: And what is going on this season? Like, we've heard Steven say positive things about Vincent Gray and Jay Harbaugh now. <laughs> <laughs> who's, who's left that's easily at his doghouse green
0: yeah uh, well yeah and if we if we asked at the beginning of the season i'm pretty sure that steven would have said there's no way he would say positive things about those two people
1: <laughs> right that's a, uh, you and i always laugh because anytime we you know we watch the game we're texting each other like oh man vincent gray had a nice play there <laughs> it just stands out to us more now
0: yeah so there, there might be something special about Jay Harbaugh that this week too. So <laughs> we, we may get back to that. Uh, we do have another voicemail here, so let's get into that one and then move along. Carlos, so, how y'all
2: doing? My second voicemail, man. You know, it took me. Now this, it's Tuesday, five twenty-two Central Standard Time. I had to think about this one. So first off, the, the the victory at Nebraska, and 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 uh, and I just want to take some time to vent right quick. This is toward the fans, you know. Some of these 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 fans on, I really wish I'll let me say Twitter handle and not block them out. But y'all are here, y'all are here, like and y'all, it's y'all. It's, 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 I know they're gonna block it out, but still. Y'all some of the worst friends. Here's why. It's not just them. It's it's a lot of them guys, man. (laughs) All week, leading up to certain games. Well, I'm nervous. I don't know if Michigan's going to do this. And if Michigan wins, well, we pulled it out, go blue. We, we, you ain't on the team. Ain't no we. What number are you? Just because you take pictures in Michigan gear. And you take pictures with certain former players and certain fans don't make you a Michigan Wolverine. I really get sick of these fans tweeting all week, negative stuff, talking about how nervous they are, and then after the game, thinking they were part of the win. You ain't a part of jack. You can get on Twitter all day and and and, and pretend all you want, Playboy. You ain't fooling me. And that's, any of the names I called out, which I'm sure they blocked. All y'all some chumps, y'all some bums, y'all some scrubs, period. I'm not going to make this a a, a platform to be threatening, folks, but y'all some straight clowns. Anybody who's doubting this team for six days and then praising them on the seventh day after they win, you're a bum. And if you're listening, you're a bum. Like, you know, I knew this team was going to be good during the season. I didn't say they were going to win the national championship, but I knew they weren't going to be no seven and five the staff changed. When, when you make upgrades, which is what they did, then you have to expect better results. But all y'all crying throughout the week, well, we got to play at night somewhere. We got to go play this team. You can't win 12 home games. I don't want to hear it when they play Michigan State. Well, I'm so nervous. Go root for North Carolina then if you're nervous. That's all I got, man. Some of y'all fans make me sick always crying about everything y'all
0: make me sick all right stephen let us know how you feel thank you for that voicemail um yeah well i um the thing the nice thing is i don't really see all that that he's talking about so i'm glad that i avoid that um but I'm not saying that I uh, agree with the like doubt six days a week and then happy one day week whole thing. But I will, I will say this because it, it, we just got done saying this basically. It's just like it has been ingrained in fans for uh, over a decade that Michigan does not. Play consistent good football and Michigan screws things up. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, Rich Rod, Brady Hoke, Harbaugh. Uh, I mean, even like even recent history is showing this. I mean, you saw like the close letdowns of 2016, you saw the debacles of what, 2017, 2019, you know, just like uh, the muffed punt going in uh, or hosting uh, Michigan state with the tsunami game and totally botching that. And then just losing games that, you know, they're capable of winning or uh, then getting behind and then looking like they have no idea how to play the sport anymore and have losing their, their drive and enthusiasm and spirit like that. That's what Michigan football has been for years like that, that just happens not on a consistent basis, week to week, but that, that happens. Uh, and so, uh, again, I'm not saying that that needs to be like, Oh, every week you need to doubt every game you're going into. But when some people get like, say something like that, I don't think that that's too insane because even McNamara said previous years, Michigan football probably would have lost that game. And who's to say like, we're on the outside looking in like, yeah, we could say, Oh yeah, we we knew, we knew they were going to win. No, we didn't. Like, we really didn't like we were all sitting there waiting to see what they were going to do. I mean, as Steven was saying, like, we we're not doing anything. We're not contributing. We're just waiting to see what's going to happen. And so, um, I mean, it just very easily could have happened too that. They, with how close that was that they lost that game. Um, but they didn't, I was confident and we were confident going into it too, that they had every chance and capability of winning that game. So, but I mean, that's, that's the awesome thing about sports is that nothing's guaranteed. This is a different team though. And they are looking like they could be anybody on their schedule and they should be pretty much anyone on their schedule, but nothing's guaranteed. So I understand where he's coming from about people who will complain every day until game day and then be happy the next day and then start things over again. Like I said, I don't see that. I'm glad I don't see that. But if somebody just says something where, you know, there's a concern of this or of that, like going into the Wisconsin game, uh, we both predicted losses because we were concerned about the passing game because there was nothing that led up to that game that showed that the passing game was going to be able to carry the team when it needed to. That's logical things. Going in and being pessimistic the whole time—I mean, that's annoying in any facet of life. So, but uh, Brandon, any any thoughts before uh, discussing the Nebraska game further?
1: Um. No, I mean I feel the same way. Just because the last season was so hard to gauge because you know with the COVID shortened season and just how off the wall everything was i mean that was one of the worst seasons of michigan football i think i ever watched um it was up there with some of the rich rod ones but uh yeah coming into this season i really didn't know what to expect i just i had it the b- base off from last year and previous seasons with that and you know like mcnamara said that you know last year's Michigan team probably would have lost that game and you know i agree with that too um and it's obvious that the the changes in the coaching staff have really like helped this team like rejuvenated this team um and yeah you know the whole being negative 6 out of 7 days a week uh yeah some people are like I get what he's saying. I don't, I don't have a big of like Twitter presence as I used to, but just like the little bit I've seen of people talking and just like in random conversation that I've had, you know, outside of social media that, Oh, like, oh my gosh. uh, you know, this could be a tough game with, with Western Michigan because they can pass pretty well. And I'm, it's like, like, dude, you're, you're worried about Western Michigan. Yeah. And like, They're- Even with Nebraska too, like talking to people that aren't even Michigan fans, like, you know, Nebraska's pretty good. They could surprise you. And I'm like, I just, I'm I'm not worried about a Nebraska team. And like, I don't think Frost is that great of a coach. I don't understand like all the hype around him. Like even when we talked about last week doing a preview that I didn't really know what Nebraska had. You didn't know what kind of team they were. Um, some games they play pretty well, other games they don't. The only thing I said was that I think Adrian Martinez is a pretty decent quarterback,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and like he kind of showed that in the game, but yeah, the whole people being pessimistic the entire week is a little ridiculous, and I mean, you and I both didn't really expect this team to do much, but with based on what we saw last year, and you know losing so many people there's so many players in the draft and like transfer and stuff. Uh, there was nothing to really change or like sway our minds too much, I guess. Mm-hmm. I know we both, both of us were excited about the changes in a coaching staff, but I mean, at the end of the day, it's players that go out there and play.
0: Yeah. Well, also too, the thing, uh, even with the coaching staff change was the looming question on how much was Harbaugh going to let go. Yeah, like was he still going to be looming over everything and pulling strings, or was he going to let the new coaches take over? Mm-hmm. Um, so that that was there too, because it was just like, is this going to be a transition year, or is this going to be like, hey, this is we're gonna just go from zero to uh 100, where it's just like I'm. A drop of a hat everything's going to change which it wound up being um so yeah nobody nobody knew exactly how harbaugh was going to handle things if he was gonna be like okay well i'm i'm gonna be over this and then we it's transition year and then you take over completely because we i mean everybody's questioned that in years past i'm being like how much is harbaugh involved in this and this and you know why why are people doing this um mm-hmm. but anyways um yeah no what i will what i will say right now is uh well i kind of already said it is that michigan can uh can beat anybody on its schedule um i'm confident about all the games uh i i don't i don't want to say i'm not confident but it's just like ohio state is the question mark one um, I agree, yeah. Penn State. I don't think Penn State is as good as they've seemed. I mean, they're a good team. I'm not like downplaying them, but I think they've been a little overhyped and they're they're beatable. I mean, Iowa beat them. I know there were mm-hmm. some different circumstances with their. Yeah, I would
1: agree with that. I've seen a couple of Penn State games this year, and um, I'd say they're they're fairly resilient,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and they they stay in games. But I don't think they're as good as what they're originally hyped up as. I I'm more worried about Michigan State. I don't think Michigan state's like anything incredible, but even like my father-in-law said, he thinks that they're probably one of the worst undefeated teams and he's a state fan, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, at the same time, they always play Michigan tough.
0: Yeah, well, like normal years at the beginning of the season, I totally would have said that. Normal years, I would have said that at this point. But right now, between the Wisconsin game and the Nebraska game, what we saw out of Michigan, uh, Michigan being able to adapt their offense to be able to be effective, there are still things that they could do better at making adjustments, and I'm still completely confused why they refuse to run the ball outside more. Yeah, they got a touchdown off of it against Nebraska, and they only (laughs) did it like three times. So that blows my mind. But they've been able to make adjustments. They have good second halves to be able to win games. And I think it was important that they got down in the Nebraska game Mm -hmm. and that they had to fight back in the fourth quarter to get that win because they were, as uh, everybody's been using, they didn't flinch. They were resilient. They fought back and stayed focused, which is something that we haven't seen since, uh, honestly, I don't know. Like, Lloyd Carr, maybe? Yeah. It's very possible. Um, so, I think that it, this is something different and a little bit unexpected. But I I feel good about them playing against Michigan State. I mean, is there – uh, a possibility of things to go haywire and be close, like Nebraska. Absolutely, I mean, you never know. But I feel, I feel comfortable with all the games. Ohio State is the question mark, just because Ohio State looked bad. Now they're getting better, and that that coaching staff. And I know that Michigan's coaching staff in the past has not been as good as it looks right now. But that Ohio State coaching staff has always had Michigan's number, and they know how to dissect. Michigan and just pick them apart yep so um that being said talking more about the Nebraska game I mean some people are uh frustrated and unhappy about McNamara but it's like at this point it's like dude the team's undefeated he just had his first turnover mm-hmm. some people giving him grief about the the knee down with the the touchdown that looked more like an issue with the offensive line that caused him to do that than his his own reasoning, like yeah. I don't think that was on him. Um, but uh, if there was the question of, hey, you know, what's going to happen when he makes a mistake? Is he going to be able to tough it out? And he did. Um, so uh, if the two running backs, Corum and Haskin, um, Haskins, if one doesn't, um, get it, the other one steps up. Uh, they've been trading on and off with, um. With the reps, they actually both have eight touchdowns right now. Quorum's leading with uh, six hundred yards, and Haskins is just under five hundred yards. Uh, they're almost even on the the rushing attempts. So, I mean, just a good performance. The defense, the defense was kind of like it was getting a little annoying with the defense, where it's just like, what's going on? People called it out later about um, Nebraska a couple times with too many men in the backfield, which uh, had an open touchdown and a couple other uh, uh, issues with it where it's just like, okay, yeah, that happens. But the defense held out. And then, of course, the defense um, did what it needed to and forcing a turnover, which won the game, which that was when, – when was the last time you saw that from a Michigan game? Mm-hmm. I mean, usually Michigan, your. Rooting for the defense to just hopefully get a stop, so that the anemic Michigan offense might have a prayer of winning the game. Now you look at the Michigan defense, and it's like, hey, you know, if, if they need to get the ball, they they might be able to do it. So, uh, I mean, just com- this this season is completely different than anything we've seen in a long, long time. So. Um, yeah, just overall seeing great stuff. Uh, I know it was close and everything. I'm happy and excited about it. Uh, Johnson and Baldwin are leading the receiving core. Uh, they've both got 12 or more receptions. They're both over 200 receiving yards. Michigan's not that pass heavy, but it's good to see those, uh, receivers stepping up. Wilson is not that far behind. Um, so that was a huge question mark when Bell went down, how the receiving was going to go. Um, but, man, you know, it's going well. It's I, I mean, we even talked a little bit about it last week. Like, sometimes in years previous, Michigan tr- somehow was in a funk after bye weeks, which was stupid. It was annoying. It was like a consistent thing where Michigan would either come out and lose after a bye week when they had an extra week to prepare or
2: mm-hmm.
0: they would come out and lose a, uh, win a close game against, like, a crappy team. Yeah, I, I'm not worried about that this year. One, one, it's Northwestern, but then two, like I said, and you know others have been saying this is a different Michigan team. So yeah, it's- I'm not
1: worried about that either. And when I say I'm worried about Michigan State, I still think we're going to beat them. I just think it's going to be a closer game than it really should be. And I think, I don't know, just because it's hard to say with the rivalry games. Just because you know Michigan State always does play as tough, even times where. Michigan is, like, the heavy favorite. Mm-hmm. Like, state will usually keep it a close game.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it, it will uh, it'll still be interesting. I mean, Michigan State plays at Indiana this weekend. Michigan plays home against Northwestern next weekend. Michigan stays off next weekend. So, there's the real possibility that they'll both still be undefeated when they face against each other. Mm-hmm. So... But man, you know, good good stuff. I mean, I I feel good. I do I get nervous when they're when they're playing and stuff? Sure. I mean, like, you know, the nervous factor of unknown, but I mean, I've felt good going into most of these games, which has not been the case for quite some time, probably since like 2016, maybe 2018. So, uh we'll just kinda have to see. Uh Michigan's got the bye week. Um but yeah, we'll have to see and wait a week to watch them play Northwestern and uh and then and then kind of one of the last things I'll say too is like I can I cannot remember either the last time that we saw Michigan continually get better throughout the year. Like that's just not something you normally saw. You see that you saw that with a bunch of other teams. Like that's a thing. That's a thing that seems to be consistent with Ohio state is like, even if they look weak at the beginning of the season or like the weird things that happened this year, you see them progressively get better throughout the year. Mm -hmm. Michigan. You normally didn't see that you'd see improvement from one week to the next. Then they go back and go back and forth and blah, blah, blah. And all this different stuff. But even though that they had the close game against, uh, Rutgers and against Nebraska, their overall stock as a team I've seen continually go up. And I'm not saying that, that it's just going up because they're remaining undefeated and they're going up in the rankings. I'm talking about like looking at how they perform on offense, defense, special teams, uh, you know, the passing game, the running game, um, uh, the secondary uh the front seven all of it like just different things that you see getting better which is not a common thing with Michigan so this is yeah. this is the uncommon year this is an uncommon team and it's great to see and I'm excited for it
1: yeah and it's just their ability to adapt that has really impressed me this year which it's something we haven't seen in a long time at Michigan. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: You know, like you said, losing Bell, you know, when they first lost Bell, I'm like, oh gosh, here we go. And, um, you know, like you said, Johnson and Baldwin have stepped up. Johnson especially, like, he's made some really, like, amazing catches the last few weeks.
0: Yeah. For sure. And he's the only receiver so far who's had a game of over 100 receiving yards. Yeah. So... Yeah. Good stuff, man. Mm-hmm. We're excited to keep watching it and see how it goes. So uh, thanks again, Stephen, for the voicemails. If anybody ever wants to call in and share the, their opinions as well, feel free to call 551-258-3276. So as we're getting towards the end of things, we get to predict the Lions game. Oh, Yeah. Oh yeah, Brandon, do you want to start things off?
1: Yeah, my prediction's a loss. (laughs) What? (laughs) Uh, You know, like I said, the Lions secondary is so thin to begin with. Uh, You know, they lost Okuda, and then they lost Melon Fanwu, and then um, some of the other guys are a little banged up. They have some like undrafted rookie free agents starting. At this point, and guys off people's practice squads and stuff like that, and now they have to go up against the Bengals, who have a pretty good receiving core with uh, Jamar Chase and, and Boyd and T Higgins, and you know a lot of a lot of talent in the receiving core for the Bengals. Uh, and Burrow is a really good young quarterback, so I just have a feeling that the secondary is going to have a really hard time this week uh, so you know I'm picking the Bengals to win this one 28 to 17 I gotta stop picking the Lions offense to score so much <laughs> the first couple weeks like the Lions offense looked pretty good and like the last couple weeks it just looked like hot trash
0: <laughs> yeah no I, I think we're both in that boat uh, I'm actually like right there with you. It's funny because I have the I have Detroit scoring a little bit less and Cincinnati scoring a little bit more. Um, I'm predicting Detroit 13, Cincinnati 31. So uh, a little bit of a bigger uh, score spread there. Um, the. Bengals have actually not scored over 30 points yet this season, but hey, what the heck, why not? Let you got to do
1: something for the first time, you play the Lions. Exactly. That's right what up. my dad always said. <laughs> if you haven't done something in a long time or need to do it for the first time, just play the Lions.
0: Yep. So uh, that's uh, my score prediction there, because, yeah, I don't anticipate a whole lot of good for the rest of the Lions season. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, lock of the week?
0: Lock of the week. Uh, yeah, so even though Michigan's not playing, I'll still do my Big Ten lock of the week. I'm actually going to say, and I've been saying this, I didn't mention this earlier, but Nebraska is better than their record. Um, uh, again, not saying that they're amazing and should be beating everybody, but they're better than their record shows. They are uh, going to Minnesota and they are favored by four points. I am taking... Uh, Nebraska covering negative four at Minnesota
1: rock. So wow. my lock of the week um, is with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Tampa is favored by seven and a half over the Eagles. And I think they're going to cover that because I, just, I don't have much faith in the Eagles at all.
0: The Beagles,
1: yeah, and I think Brady's just gonna go out there and torch him.
0: Good old Tom, all right, it's
1: Mr. So- Thomas Brady.
0: Well, I don't have a Michigan question this week, then <gasps> for obvious reasons, but you can still do a Lions question. What you got?
1: Oh, so I talked about how Jamar Chase has been really like blowing up this year. So, I got over under Jamar Chase, 125 receiving yards against the Lions. I'm going to say over. <laughs>
0: uh, hmm. um, I'm going to go – my initial reaction was over, so I'm going to stick with that too. Right. Uh, I didn't let you know, but uh, you cu- you've made up some ground this past week. So I've got 27 points. You've got 26. So we're kind of neck and neck right now.
1: Closer than it has been in the past.
0: <laughs> <laughs> There's still a lot of weeks to go. All right. Uh, well, there we go. Uh, heading into Michigan's bye week. And we get to enjoy some amazing football with the Lions playing the <laughs> Bengals. Get yourselves ready for an amazing one o'clock nap on Sunday.
1: The bungholes. <laughs> I just hope it's more entertaining than that Vikings game was. Like, the last five minutes of the Vikings game was was good. Yeah. The first three hours wasn't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I know. Well, we'll see. It'll probably be like a offense shenanigans for cincinnati so yeah but it won't be boring or it might not be boring so well we thank you guys for tuning in and hanging out with us uh we'll be back next week uh to discuss the lines game before we uh look forward to the upcoming games on the 23rd and the 24th and we'll always finish off with go blue
1: go blue